Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 87 for Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. Holy smokes! Second podcast of 219, 219, 219, 2019. Uh, oh, and I got the coffee burps already. Oh man, I started with tons of positivity and zero capability. <laughs> welcome, onesies. Another episode for you. You'd think that like maybe 10 seconds in, I'd start this thing over again, but fuck it. That's my life and how I live it. Got to give you me exactly the way it comes. Uh, this week's episode, I'm gonna. I don't have a whole lot to tell you. I didn't do a whole lot. All right, I got lots I want to talk about, but uh, what I, I did a bunch of prep for my new vehicle. Uh, it's expected to be in this week. It's uh, you know hopefully have it by the weekend. Very excited for that, and I had to do a lot of prep for it. Um, and I can talk a little bit about that. Um, man, did I ever play a lot of Red Ted Redemption too? Red Ted. Wow, I can't talk. Who cares? Um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I know a lot of friends I've been chatting with, podcast listeners. We've all been talking about Red Dead. Some of my friends who are gamers maybe haven't had a chance to dick around with that yet. Or people who don't give a shit at all. I will still tell you some of the very fun aspects of the game. It is consuming all of my spare time. I'm being very unproductive in my spare time. But you know what? I'm having so much fun. Maybe that's why I'm in a good mood. Um, there's also a new DK contest I'll tell you guys about. And I got an email too. We're going to chat, chat, chitty chat about all that stuff. So uh, last week, what did I do? Played a lot of Red Dead 2. I'll get back around to that. All right. I hung out with my buddy, Peter. We had a chance to, you know, go for lunch and, uh, you know, he was actually, uh, hanging out with me. I had to pop into, uh, the dealership. I actually popped in a couple times. Uh, just to get some things in order, my my good friend who was uh, was taking good care of me, he's actually leaving for uh, Cambodia, so he's gone the entire month of January. We weren't even sure when the vehicle was coming in, but he called me to say, "Hey man, it's going to be in between." Gave me like a little window, saying that it is uh, you know on its way. It's it's landing, landed, landing, whatever. It's coming from Mexico, so it's on its way. Expected between the seventh and the thirteenth, which is this week. So. We'll see when it comes in. Uh, once I, once it gets in though, it's got to have some stuff done to it. So I can't just, Hey, it's here. Come get it. Um, I've already set up all my insurance and everything like that. They're just waiting for me to pull the trigger on a date of pickup. Um, but of course, uh, you know, it needs some things. So, um, I went in to see him very briefly. Uh, my buddy Peter lives in the area and, uh, you know, Peter, the, Peter, Peter, the paramedic, uh, the alliteration just happened to happen. I wonder if I, I wonder if Pete was on the fence about what job he wanted to do. And was like, well, I could be a paramedic or I could be a cop. But Peter the cop, Peter the paramedic, mm, just one of them has a nicer ring to it. You know? So anyways, uh, but I was with Pete. We went in to, uh, to get some of that stuff handled. Uh, you know, little little pro, maybe not the healthiest tip for you guys, but certainly healthy for your wallet. Uh, Pete and I went to A&W. A&W has $2.99 mama burgers with cheese. A&W, of course, Canadian. So that's only useful to my Canadian listeners. People listening inside the world. Why is this man always talking about food? I have not seen his face. I do not know quite how overweight he is, but there is always some sort of fast food talk when I listen to this podcast. I'm amazed I even understand English as well as I do, but not how big this man is. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, two ninety nine mama burgers with real cheese, man. Let me tell you, AW's all about like, hey, we our burgers are real, real no hormones, there's steroids, all Canadian beef. And now they're using real cheese on the burgers. And I gotta tell you, they're tasty. I feel good when I'm eating them, feel good afterwards because of the finances, right? 
if I was focusing, you know, if I had more mirrors around, maybe some of these decisions would make me feel worse. But in terms of saving money, especially with this new vehicle coming, I'm feeling great. And then we went to, uh, to Goldwing because here's the thing. Peter is a good friend of mine. I love that guy. I really do. But of course, Peter's been uh, one of the few people who's actually given me some relatively, you know, regular feedback on the podcast. And one of the thing Pete said was just like, when I was talking to you guys about the WeatherTech mats, I just chatted with Pete on uh, there. He goes, dude, you were talking about WeatherTechs. Everyone knows what WeatherTechs are. Nobody cares. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but at least he's given me feedback. So he's like, when you're talking about that shit, don't care. And we also had some discussions just about how, of course, this podcast is supposed to be what's going on with me. And I don't want it to be all about me. I want to, I wish I was talking more about things that, you know, everyone was, I'd, I'd like it to be more interesting, obviously. But in terms of the stuff that I'm talking about, I get excited for the the bathroom reader section. I get excited for the DK stuff because at least I'm talking about subject matters that are obviously supposed to hit a wide thing versus just talking about my life a little boring. And you know what? I totally get it. Totally get it, which is why I'm always asking for feedback, always asking what parts you guys like, what parts you don't. So I had an opportunity to sit and chat with Pete and he was doing exactly that for me. So he was saying some subjects just super boring. He's like, nobody cares. <laughs> Pete's also very like, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll give it to you straight. You know, I don't want to say he's exaggerating, but to a point where it's like, nobody cares about anything you're saying. I'm like, well, I think that's, a, I would have no subscribers if that was the case. But I think that to an extent, it's like, you know what? I, I get it. But at the same time, I'm, I, I used to talk about like what I did every day, boring shit. Nobody cares about that. And that I totally agree. Uh, Pete was the one who gave me some feedback just saying, you maybe just pick your top three things you did this week and talk about that. You know what? Great piece of advice. And until anyone else is telling me otherwise, I think I'm going to stick with it. So I've been trying to sum up that shit. And obviously me going out with Pete, that was like the one, one of the thing, the only times I was like relatively social this last week. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we went to, to uh, Goldwing because the issue was, um, I had to go into the dealership and I had to pick, uh, what percentage of tint I wanted my windows and we were trying to figure out. So again, this is another automotive thing. I don't know if anyone knows about this or anyone cares, but if you're like me and you run into the situation, you're like, shit, I don't know how to make a decision and I don't want to make the wrong one. Um, with my, I, I've, I may have told you guys before, I apologize. I'm trying to put all the pieces of the story together so that it flows and makes sense. If you're not interested, just skip till I'm talking about something else, but I'm going to say I'm probably going to be at least five minutes on this subject. So, um, I had to pick the percentage uh, of tint. If you've never tinted windows before you, there's different levels of darkness. Those darknesses are based on percentage, how much light is let through. So, uh, 30% and below, that's how much light is let through. So obviously the lower, the number, the darker, the window, um, is considered illegal, right? A lot of people go, oh, this is an illegal tint, illegal tint. And if it helps to set a, a benchmark limousine tint is 5%. So you can't see through it at all. Right. So that's limousine tint. Um, I remember when I got my windows tinted on the fit back in 2014, I remember the percentage number that I went with was lower than what everyone said I should. And I'm glad I didn't listen. They were really going, no, I really don't think you should go that dark, dude. That's going to be way too dark. Blah, blah. And I didn't listen. We did. We didn't listen. We didn't listen. Uh, <laughs> I didn't listen. And I, uh, I went with, with the lower number. Can't remember what it was, which sparked a whole big thing. And I was very happy with the end result. I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't listen. We didn't, we didn't listen. Um, I'm glad, I'm glad because I was really happy with the end result. If I hadn't, I think it would have been too light. Um, now the issue was, uh, 
my buddy Narong was calling me saying, Hey man, what percentage you want to go with the windows? And I remember going, okay, I wanted to go lower than section. He suggested 20%. And I remember going, ah, but what you suggested last time I didn't want. So I think I should go lower. I'm like, give me like 10 or 5%. He's like, what limo tint. I'm like, I think that's what I did last time. And I wasn't sure. So I went in, I looked at like Pete and I we were looking, his windows are tinted real dark too. And he, of course, he's like, what do you like mine? And we couldn't mine, mine and his look real similar. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know what's your, what percentage is yours? He's like, I don't know either. I'm like, fuck. You know, like I want to, I want to get that kind of number. So we went into the dealership. Okay. And at the dealership, I found out, and some of you again may know this, some of you may not, is that the back windows on SUV type vehicles, which is like the one I'm getting, um, they come pre-tinted in the back passenger windows. And of course the, the gate at the back, the, the, the trunk, it comes already pre-tinted from the factory for privacy reasons. I guess more family vehicles, you can hide more shit. Um, that or you don't want people looking at your kids and then, you know, put them in your spank bank wagon. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I assume it's always for the theft. The reason I said this story is going to take a bit of time is that I had, I've only ever owned two vehicles. I've owned a Pontiac G6. I bought it brand new. I owned my Honda Fit, bought it brand new. And of course my HRV bought it brand new because I don't know anything about cars and I'd rather it come fresh. It's going to have a warranty. I could buy an extended warranty. And when I'm paying for it, I just want to pay for the car and I don't want to pay for a whole lot of extra shit. Even though you regular podcast listeners know that I am constantly paying for extra shit. I even bought an extra rim for when I, when the eventuality of, of me cooking one happens, I've got a spare kicking around already told you guys about, uh, anyways. So I, I never had an issue with my G six cause my windows were tinted dark as shit. And, um, always happy with it. Very happy with tinted windows. I remember one day years ago, I used crystals car. Um, and I've probably, I've told this story in the past, but I'm just relating it all back to the tint and why it's so important is I put the tint on uh, my vehicle, but Crystal didn't have tinted windows. I remember I brought my backpack with all my comedy notes, my laptop and everything in it. I brought it out to the car because I was running the show in absolute comedy and I was worried that someone might see this big backpack and try to steal it. And if it was locked in the car, it would be, I'm doing air quotes, safe. So I put the seat, uh, put the backpack on the passenger seat, locked the car. It's in the lot on absolute comedy, right out on the street, like right out of the street, lights, everything. And, um, I went back out afterwards and the passenger window had been smashed and the backpack had been taken. Um, now again, my tinted vehicles, you, you can't even see in them at night, you know, with the, with the dark tint. Again, I, I believe I had 20%, but, um, we'll get to that shit too. But anyways, long story short is when you can see right into the car and you can see what's in it, smash, smash, take, take. All right. So I guess the, you know, um, what do you call it? Uh, SUV class, uh, you know, minivan class, all those ones, they come with factory tints on the back window. So when I came in to, to talk to Narong, he was saying, we got a bit of an issue because your back window is already tinted. It's tinted factory. So what tint do you want us to put on the front windows? And then, you know, how do we match with the back? Cause the back one comes factory 20, but it's, it's more like 18 or whatever. So I had to try to figure out what that number was and I'll save you all the like little nitty gritty. Peter and I were, were trying to figure shit out. And I was talking to these guys. Cause again, I also had it in my head that whatever the recommendation was, was not dark enough, but here's where the issue came into play. Um, with the back windows, them being 20% for all intents and purposes, they were saying that if I wanted to go like 10 or 15 in the front, the front was going to be way darker than the back. So they'd have to put a tint on the back windows to make them match the front. You can't have it lighter in the back than in the front. 
And since it's already tinted, they can't just slap the same film on the back windows and it's going to be the same result. The back's going to be darker because you're now layering, right? So they said, if I wanted five and I kind of lost my mind, I was like, well, let's just go 5%. They're like, cool. If you want 5%, we're gonna put 5% on the front and we're gonna put 20 on 20, they call it. So put a 20% film on the 20% there. It's gonna match it as close to five and I'd have five in the front, five in the back. And that would be way too fucking dark. You know, we got talking this and that and we decided we're gonna go 20 in the front, leave the back alone so that it matches as close as possible. The dark, the back, since it's about 18% would be, um, slightly darker, which is fine. It's fine of going darker towards the back than, than the front. I know this may sound so fucking boring, but I'm telling you to, we, when Pete and I were driving around, we we're actually looking at vehicles too. Like once we had that conversation afterwards for lunch and shit, we were looking at other vehicles and you could see vehicles where they had two different kinds of tint. Like they tinted the front windows, but the back were factory and you could see like two different colorings and stuff where people didn't match it up properly. And it doesn't look nice. It looks kind of like the windows are different colors. Odd. Anyways. So that was a big thing, trying to match them up. And then after I was like, like, you know what, let's go with the 20. Cause the guy on the phone that I spoke to, uh, through Narong was like, listen, we can put twenties in the front. If you're not happy with it in the end, we can take those off and we could put five in the front, 20 in the back and try to make it real dark for you. If that's what you want. And I was like, all right, let's do that. So afterwards was when Pete and I were comparing our vehicles. Cause we drove his car there, of course. Right. I, I always drive in case I need something today. I was like, I'm just dropping off. We're just going in there to fucking make a decision. No big deal. We're, you know, drop off some paperwork, say what's up, you know? And of course I get there and that's when my car's back at Pete's house. So I'm like, yeah, of course we can't look at my tent and get, you know, a bunch of professionals to give us a nice, easy decision. Cause I've left that behind. But, um, and it was the same thing with fucking anyways, I'll get to that point in a second. Long story short, go 20 the cars going to be 20 all across. Pretty confident with that. Um, we went for food, of course. I've already told you about that. And then we went to a place called Goldwing where Peter got his, um, and I'll give him a free little plug there. I went to high school with one of the guys that owns it. Um, sorry, Pete, slurping coffee. Made it as quiet as possible. Um, the uh, Went to Goldwing because Peter got his tinting done there. And he's like, let's just find out what number they gave me. And then I can call and adjust if necessary. And turns out Pete had 20% done. Pete's looked almost identical to mine. I'm like, you know, it's probably 20%. That's probably going to do us the whole way. Super happy, beauty, done. So that was interesting. And then they showed me this really cool thing. Uh, they got ceramic tint, which I'd never heard of. And they got this little uh, thing that you stick your hand in. And there's a halogen light. I believe it's a halogen light. And it basically shines through regular tinting. And you can feel that there's a very slight reduction in temperature. And then they slide the ceramic tint, you know, in front of the light and you feel almost nothing. So that was a really cool demo that they showed me because it was basically, hey, uh, want to keep your super black car not hot in the summertime or any super hot day? Like, here's a great way to, to keep that heat out. Now, I don't know if that's going to be equally helpful on winter days, cause you might actually want the sun to come in and warm the motherfucker up a little bit. But I guess in those summer days you can get in that car. It is hot as fuck. And I have leather seats now in the new vehicle. So I don't know if you've ever sat in a leather chair on a hot day. That shit burns. It fucking burns. So, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. Um, I'm, I'm interested. They always said that, you know, they can, they can, they can take the old tent off the windows and, uh, and put the new ceramic shit on. I got I got a deal on it through my Honda dealership. So I'm going to play with that for a bit and then, uh, see about, you know, 
see about getting a fucking uh, ceramic tint done. You know, if it's if it starts to be too hot and it's crazy, I'll I'll go to Goldwing. We'll get the ceramic tint, cool that some bitch down. Nice look on it. Anyways, blah blah blah. Tint was an issue. Tint was a theme of this week. Um, I also went back uh, the other day to drop off all of the stuff that I have for the vehicle because uh, again, it's landing this week, and I figure. Uh, they offered to change the tires for me for free. So I brought in my, my snow tires have already been put on the rims. I packed all those up into the, uh, the fit and drove them there. I also received my weather tech mats. So the weather techs are there too. Just the ideas. I wasn't sure. Like I know that one company does the spraying, one company does the tinting, another company does this, another company does that. And I wasn't sure if they move the vehicle to those companies to do it, or if those companies come in, but I figure, you know what, if people are going to be in and out of my vehicle, it's winter time. If it's going places, I brought the weather techs in too, just so that when it comes, throw the mats in the car. Let's have this fucking, you know, let's protect it as best as possible. So, uh, I brought the, the wheels, the rims, the, um, the weather techs, and I think a couple other things, but the idea is that when that vehicle comes, I'm going to receive it with all that shit in it on it, ready to go and, uh, and drive it off the fucking lot. So, uh, that was cool. I had a chance to chat with Chris too, the, uh, the sales guy, um, like I said, my buddy Narong finance guy hooked me up big time. Chris sales guy's wicked. He's the one that I'm going to be dealing with, uh, this month through the pickup and all that stuff. Great dude. Love him already. Um, oh shit. I'm going to make a little note here because I forgot to tell you guys and I would love your help with this. Okay. I'll, I'll mention it, um, near the end here. I'm trying to figure out where to, uh, where to put it here. Um, yeah, let's put it, let's just dash it right here. Uh, anyways, he messaged me and a few other people have messaged me. So I, uh, I appreciate the fact that some of you guys are, are looking out for me and uh, sharing good news. Okay. Um, so yeah, car shit done. Um, I went to, uh, I went to, uh, you know, do the regular thing on Sunday with my mom, took her out, uh, let her do some driving because she's taken over my fit, which is super great. Um, you know, she's just picking it up. She's taking over the payments. She's going to have, you know, pay the rest of the last, last couple of years on it. And, uh, and that's it. And then it's her car. You know, she's got a car and I'm happy to not have the debt of an old car. It's a, it's a very uh, beneficial thing for the two of us. She's going to basically buy a car that's been well taken care of. Um, you know, few, few dinged up rims and whatnot, but basically everything's brand new. And I put new brakes on it this year. Uh, it's got all new wheels. Um, no, it doesn't have all new wheels. It has new rims. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's got everything it needs. She's got winters and summers. She's good to go. She doesn't buy things. It's got weather techs. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. And it's, and it's tinted for privacy. So, um, her and I went out, we did our usual errands. We did a fucking long day too. And I won't, I'll spare you, but it's basically just a day of running around different malls, different types of places. We went just about everywhere. So big, long day with my mom. Um, and I actually took her driving. It's been a while since she's had a vehicle. It's been a while since she's been behind the wheel of a car, like rentals and everything. She, she does, you know, Uber and all that stuff. She never drives. So, um, it was cool to get her behind the wheel, get her some practice. And you know what? I got to say, she was really, really good at driving. Um, well, sorry, let's, that's, that's <laughs> you're going crazy. I busted a pop the pen on my fingers. God damn it. You ever notice you don't, you don't notice it until you've made a real good mess. You never pop a pen and go, Oh shit, there's a little dab there. It looks like it's leaking. You're just rubbing it all over your fucking hands before you notice anything. Sorry. In terms of someone who's 65 years old and uh, 65 years old and hasn't drove in years and the last few times she was driving, she was really distracted. Like I was worried, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I was really worried because I'm like, she's a, you know, she's distracted when she's not driving. You know, so I, uh, I was just like, I want to get her some practice before, you know, Hey, here's a car. Love you. 
thanks for raising me. You're probably going to die now. But um, she, she was one of two categories of bad drivers, which is fine. Not everyone's great. And especially somebody who hasn't driven in years is not going to just come out and be crushing it, especially when they weren't, when they were practiced. Right. But my mom for a 65 year old lady, um, she wasn't careless. She wasn't driving around, not paying attention and whatever, you know, getting in people's way, pissing them off, changing lanes, let look. And she wasn't doing that kind of senior citizen driving. Um, she was doing the kind where, uh, she's going too slow. She's doing exactly the speed limit and, uh, and whatnot. So personally, I would rather her being over, over cautious, you know, that I basically had to tell her though, if you're going to do the speed limit, get in the fucking right lane, you know, can't be, uh, can't be rocking the fucking, the left lane at exactly the speed limit or slightly under, right? You get that needle coming up towards 50, hasn't quite passed it yet, but you're like, oh, I'm doing 50. You're like, that's eh, probably more like 48. <laughs> so anyways, I'm, I'm glad she's, uh, she's got the good driving going on the, the good kind of bad driving. I'm going to call it. Um, I might actually make that one of the notes, but, um, I gotta, I gotta write little descriptions, uh, <laughs> for the episode. So the good kind of bad driving. Um, anyways, I, uh, I'm happy to have done that with her, but we went for breakfast and I wanted to get this. I didn't like this. I want to get this off my chest. It's not a big deal. In fact, I even sat at the table and was like, this is not a big deal. You know, ah, you can't really do anything. And then part of me was like, you know what? No, this actually really irks me. And I think it's, I think it's fucked up. Like I, I'm not one of those consumers who likes to complain. I don't like to go for meals and complain, but, um, we went to, uh, we went to a place called uh tutti fruity for breakfast. It's kind of like a Cora's ripoff for my international listeners. It's just a big breakfast chain. One of those places that's charging way too much for breakfast because they put fruit on your plate. Sometimes, you know, it used to be that like every meal would come to this mountain of fresh fruit and you're like, yeah, that shit's not cheap. But then it started to be that, uh, you know, not every meal came with fruit. And then it started to be that the ones that did come from fruit with fruit, you'd, you'd have to pay extra if you wanted the fruit. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, you know, I, uh, I'm not a big fan. Let's put it this way. I'm not a big fan of paying $15 for, uh, two eggs, bacon, home fries, and toast, you know, a, a little bit of fruit sometimes. So that doesn't, that doesn't gel well with me, but we got our menus and my mom was, was like, oh, I'm going to order this breakfast. And I think I'm going to do it this way because when you buy this meal, you actually get these for free and they cost more to add them on. And I looked at my menu and, uh, and I saw that they were exactly, it was exactly the same price. So I was like, well, that's weird. Cause if, if you do the math here and do that, and she's like, no, it's only $11 if you do it this one. And, uh, and I go, no, it's not, it's 12. And I look now when they gave us the menus, they gave us one English one and one French one. She had the French one. I had the English one. Now here's the thing. Uh, in Canada, two official languages. So very, very common that, that there's two menus available, but the French menu looking at it was actually cheaper. Everything on the menu was a dollar, $2, sometimes depending on how big it was, $3 cheaper. Um, you know, or like two fifty, two seventy five. you know what I mean? Getting upwards of $3 now. And that's like per item. We're talking add-ons were like 50 cents cheaper to a dollar cheaper, like all sorts of things were at breakfast, right? You know, rye toast being an extra 75 cents. Well, it was 50 cents. Like it adds up all these different, like little add-ons. Coffee was a dollar cheaper, like that kind of shit. Right. So I, I would look at this going, oh shit, they, their French menu must be old or like they've got an old one that they missed. It hasn't got the updated prices or whatever. So I just, uh, I called the, the server over next time he walked by and I was like, Hey, uh, just a heads up. I think that this French menu is, is outdated because it's got, the prices are cheaper. You know, I go, so 
just trying to be helpful, right? You know, with, with conflicting prices, you can get people that might be a little upset. Like in this situation, looking at it going, oh, I could have ordered, you know, three things off this menu and thought I was paying X amount of dollars, get the bill, and it would have been much more. So I just said, hey, the, the prices are wrong on, on this one. They're, they're outdated or whatever. And he goes, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And he just takes the menu and I watch him walk over and put it right back with the other menus. And I was like, oh, that person doesn't give a fuck. Guess what? It's the, the food service industry. Those people exist aplenty. So I waited to, uh, waited till our server came back, you know, it's a different person. And I just said, Hey, just a heads up. Sorry. I go, I go, um, I mentioned to another guy, but I don't think he cares. <laughs> but, uh, I said, you're, we got a French menu and an English menu. When we sat down, the French menu prices were less expensive than the English menu prices. Um, so I just think, I think that that menu is, is like outdated or whatever. She's like, she's like, oh, okay, thanks. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes we just grab two menus and they sit together, but you know, we don't mean to give out, you know, the, the wrong languages it just happens sometimes. So I was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm just letting you know the prices are wrong. I don't care about the men, the language thing. I go, I, I read French. I just, I was just letting you know the prices are wrong. That could cost. And she's like, oh yeah, no problem. So sometimes she goes, yeah, sometimes they're just, you know, we we handed the wrong ones and I go, okay. And then she just walked away and I go. And that's two people in a row now I've told that the prices are wrong. Nobody seems to care. So you'd think that there's like, this is not my hill to die on. So I, this is the part where I'm sitting there going, that's, I think that's a little weird. I think that's weird that nobody cares. And I could see as a consumer, like I said, there's enough people trying to fuck you over right in front of your face that like, you don't need to get that shit covert. So I walked up to the hostess and I said, excuse me, can I see a couple of your French menus, please? And, uh, and she's like, sure. She hands me one. And I go, yeah, can I get it? Can I get like one or two more? And so she looks at me funny and, and hands me a couple more. And I, I open them up and I look and all the prices are the same on the French ones. So all the French ones were like a dollar, dollar 50 cheaper. And, um, part of me is like, the, so all the French ones are wrong price. Why wouldn't you just, when you, you know, when you update your, your, uh, menus, why wouldn't you get both the English and the French ones reprinted just instead of the English ones? So I thought it was weird. Part of me, I will, I will be honest for like half a second. I'm like, do French customers get a better fucking price? It's a French franchise, right? So I'm like, do French customers get a better price? You know, odd thought, but I've seen it actually happen in some places and I can tell those stories another time or, you know what? Email me if you want to hear them. But, uh, basically I was like, oh, do French customers get a better deal? And, uh, Anyways, they're like, they're like, oh no, all the prices are like that. But she goes, we just, we don't have, we don't have new menus, but she goes, but don't worry about it. The system corrects it. You know, you get the real price in the system. And I was like, okay. And then I walked away and I was like, who the fuck? Like, it's not like I accepted that. Like, all right. I'm just like, okay, clearly it's the third person that doesn't give a fuck. And I have no doubt in my mind, the system corrects them. But when you're ordering food, you would think like, again, if a, if a table of a family, a French family sits down and there's four or five of them. And they order, you know, meals, each one person's taking care of it, maybe a family outing or whatever. You would think that that's several dollars times several people. That's going to be a big difference on your bill for the system to just correct and give you a bill at the end. That's going to cause an issue. And it's not like someone said, Hey, just a heads up. The French prices are different for X reason, or they're outdated. Here's the real prices. They just sat you down, hand you the menu. There you go. And, and, you know, get you ready to fuck yourself over. So this was, this was bothering me. My friend, uh, works there. I actually saw her. She was serving another section, but she came by one point. I was like, Hey, can I, you know, I called her over and said, can I just ask you something? I go, I've told everybody here, the French menus are all different. I've told everyone here. Nobody seems to give a fuck. And she was the one who first explained to me, well, all this restaurant is big in Quebec on the French side and the prices are cheaper there. She said, there's only two locations 
outside of Quebec with English menus or whatever. So those menus aren't inaccurate. That's like their, the whole company's, you know, print shop or whatever, you know, graphic people who design the menus. That's just the French menu. When you order French menu, they give you the one that has all the French stuff in it. And of course those prices are the Quebec prices. Everything's cheaper in Quebec because of tax and stuff. So it's like just cheaper overall in Quebec than it is here, but they're sending the Quebec menus, you know, to us. So this is the menu that we have and, and nobody cares because they're not going to redo a whole menu for like one location. You know what I mean? I was like, okay, that makes sense. It would have been great if anyone told us that, but I would think that when someone hands someone a French menu, she goes, she goes, we just hand people and nobody says anything. I go, really? She goes, yeah, they don't care. So I go, so if somebody sits down and orders the wrong thing or sorry, orders and they get charged more, you guys fix it and go, oh, we handed you the wrong menu. Anyways, long story, very long story. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, Peter specifically, or anyone listening who's just like, I don't care about any of this stuff. I was bothered, but I was really bothered by that because again, I, there's so much nickel and diming on shit already. And that's fine. It's the world we live in. I get it. But I think there's, it just seemed incredibly unethical to me that a, that, that, you know, you can have two different menu prices for the same thing. All right. I get, I get the reasoning now, now that I know it's still not super acceptable, but I get, you know, that they're not doing it for everybody. But here's the thing. When I told people, nobody explained it to me. No one just said, yeah, it's their Quebec menus. It's cheaper there. And unfortunately we don't have the conversion. But I think the biggest thing is like, you know how every time you say, hey, can I get Raitos? And they go, yeah, it's 50 cents extra. Every little bit of, of setting expectations with customers. If you hand someone a French menu, go, just so you know, prices, everything's about, you know, five to 10% more expensive. These are the French prices and we don't have a, an updated thing for it. So just so you know, everything's like about a buck or so more expensive. Cool. Setting expectations is so important with customers that if they tell you that you go, cool, can I just get an English menu too? And that way I'll look at what the price actually is. You know, we'll read our menus. We'll see what everything is in French, but we'll actually check the prices in English. Just anything for the customers. Nobody took the time to explain that except for my friend. Um, and I, and I just think that, I don't know. I think that's really fucked up. I think in terms of like, like knowing what you're paying for something, right. Everybody's been to like the cell phone things and, you know, I worked in cell phones and everyone's like, oh, don't try to upsell me. Don't try to add on. Like everyone's always worried that you're, you're getting charged for, for more or, you know, this and that, um, I'm not super cheap, but I'm, I'm big on honesty. And I really, I find that whole practice, uh, really dishonest that they're fine with people getting, you know, paying more and, and you know, Hey, if you catch it, they might, but I, I caught it and they didn't say, you know, no one was like, yeah, they didn't care. They're like, yeah, no problem. Hey, sorry. Sometimes we handed the wrong language. That wasn't my point. And I feel like, uh, I feel like you're all trained to dismiss this fact. Anyways, really unethical, tutti fruity, shame on you. Uh, the Ottawa stores at least. Um, shame, shame, shame. And, uh, if you happen to be, uh, in the Ottawa area going for breakfast and figure tutti frutti, uh, just be careful what menu they give you. You know, it may, uh, don't worry. Don't even worry guys. Not a big deal. The system will just correct itself. Hey, don't we all have faith in the system? You know, if you get a bill for your cell phones. that's a little too high. Don't worry about it. the system. Just corrected it. Don't you even worry about what we told you you're going to pay. This is what you're paying. The system took care of it. Have peace and comfort in that. I just remember that's what I used to do when I sold cell phones is on the Quebec side. People would ask if they could have a Quebec number because if you have a Quebec number, then you get the Quebec plan and the plans in Quebec were way cheaper. You know, we're talking like right across the river for people who don't know, you know, Ontario or Canadian geography, right? Listeners abroad. Um, Quebec is a five minute drive. You can drive parts of Quebec faster than you can drive parts of Ottawa because it's so close it's right across the river. So kind of like the Detroit, Michigan thing, if that's a 
you know, Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, Detroit Windsor thing for anyone who knows that reference better. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's fucked up. People get a, a, a cell phone plan that'd be 30, 40, $50 cheaper a month. So what ended up happening is all the companies were like, cool, if you want a Quebec number, you have to show us a Quebec address now. So they've, they've jumped on that, but it was the same idea. It was cheaper there. So, you know, it's still all local to the same area, right? I'll take a Quebec number. So people in Ottawa are still calling me local, but I save X amount of dollars a month. So blah, blah, blah. Another super long story that probably nobody cares about. But again, I, that, that rub that so rubbed me the wrong way. And like I said, you catch little things, someone, you know, that old saying, the customer is always right. It's not true, obviously in terms of right or wrong. In fact, right and wrong are even subjective, but they're perspective based, but the, the customer is always right means that the customer is always allowed to feel validated. You don't have to tell them that they're right, but you don't argue with them, you know, make them, make them feel like they've been heard. So I tell, I say this all the time. I don't care if I tell someone I had like, you know, a bad experience in their store or whatever. Like, again, I'm, I'm in business for myself with comedy and a lot of things. And the idea is that if you misrepresent your product, it's going to hurt your business. And the worst thing, and the nice thing about comedy is that it's just me. If I go represent Josh Williams or whatever somewhere, the only person who's either helping or hurting that Josh Williams image is me. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've, I've worried in the past about saying things on the podcast that would misrepresent me and make me look bad, you know, make it look like I have views. I don't actually have shit like that. Well, the problem with employees are that they don't give a fuck about your business, you know, especially with mom and pop things. I got friends who own like, you know, some small business and, and whenever I see something that's not ideal, I try to be constructive, not destructive. And it's just like, I just tell my friends like, Hey, so-and-so just a heads up. They were a little rude or whatever. You know, might want to talk to them or here's why I don't like coming because that particular employee, blah, blah, blah. It helps your business. Someone's misrepresenting it. You want to just give some like constructive feedback to either the person or, or the, the uppers. And, uh, yeah. So when I see shit like that, you know, I don't, I don't always, you know, pick that it's my hill to die on, but the, the whole making a customer feel validated is, you know what? I don't care if you don't care at the end of the day, honestly, you probably don't care about my complaint. But to listen to it and go, oh, okay, no, you know what? No problem. I'm going to mention it to the manager or whatever, and we'll, we'll see about getting that corrected or whatever. Okay, cool. Yeah. You may never do it. And I, I really don't, I'm not going to follow up, but that making the customer feel like you listened to them, they were heard is a big deal. That whole, Hey, these prices are wrong. Oh yeah. Sometimes we give out the wrong, not the, the wrong language. That doesn't, doesn't sound like you're listening. Doesn't sound like you're listening to me at all. In fact, it sounds like you're really sidestepping one of the most important things about business in the whole, uh, what you, what you're paying for your thing, what you were told you're paying. Anyways, whatever I, you guys get it. I'm sorry to go on. I just, that shit. That's one of those things that, you know, I even sat there when it's not that big of a fucking deal kind of, you know, and I just couldn't let it go. I was like, no, I think that that lying to people about what they're paying uh, is kind of a big deal. So anyways, Sorry for making you listen to all that. That was like one of the few times this week where I'm like, I got to write this down and talk about this in the podcast because this bothers me. Do you guys have any business practices that you don't like? Huh? Contact at onemanpodcast.com. I will read your rants and, uh, and happy to do it. You know, just to, just to know, does that, does that irk you guys? Or are you guys like, ah, fuck it. Pay the extra dollar and shut the fuck up. You know, that's just, uh, you know, maybe that's how tight I am with money. I'm, I'm excited about two ninety nine mama burgers, you know, a four ninety nine mama, mama burger is only $2 more expensive, but God damn it. I like saving money and I like paying what I'm told I'm paying. Anyways, finally, uh, I'll end off this, uh, this first part of the podcast by saying I've been playing a shitload of Red Dead Redemption. All my spare time has gone to Red Dead Redemption 2. 
and I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'm not even playing missions, guys. If you don't know what Red Dead Redemption 2 is, uh, very strange because it's advertised everywhere. Um, but if you'd like to know a little more about it, well, here we go. And again, you can fast forward all you like. Um, I'm going to be talking about this fantastic video game for the next few minutes. I'm loving this game. I'm having so much fun. Uh, there was an evening where Jason and Simon came into my room, brought Jason jumped up in my bed and watched and, uh, Simon brought another chair in and just watched me, me basically run around hunting animals and stuff like that. Red Dead Redemption 2, if I haven't mentioned already is a cowboy themed game, old quest in a fictional uh, place, uh, fictional America. They still call it America, but fictional uh, states of America, like Colorado, well, not fictional states. They, they call them like New Hanover and, and New Austin and things like that. But effectively, they are Colorado, uh, Texas, um, Louisiana, like that kind of thing. And there's all sorts of different climates and stuff like that uh, amongst them, probably, probably Nevada or desert, that kind of shit. But um, what's the other one? Uh, New Mexico. I would say New Mexico is probably more than, more than Nevada. But anyways, um, it's really cool uh, game. There's lots of shit to do. In fact, I've been doing all sorts of things that have nothing to do with the actual mission. So running around robbing things and, 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 you know, getting into duels and stuff. I'm not doing any of that. I'm hunting animals and I'm finding new areas and I'm, I'm trapping animals and I'm learning how to skin them and harvest their meat and stuff like that to contribute to my camp because I am a giver if nothing else. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's been crazy. There's so many animals out in the, the wilderness. One of the things that I had to do a suggestion from a friend. So if you're playing and you're kind of like, well, what should I do? It's so vast guys. I've, I've spent entire days where I've done two things. I fucked up so many times trying to get those two things accomplished. I just kept saving and reloading and, uh, and then finally got them done. Um, I was trying to get all of the animal skins necessary to, to, to craft all of the satchels. Um, so in the game, of course you can pick herbs and loot things and, and get animal meat and stuff. And of course there's only so much stuff you can carry on you at a time. The different satchels that you can make allow you to carry more of a particular type of item. So some things let you carry more meats, some things let you carry more provisions, some things let me carry more, um, you know, herbs, some things that you would carry more, you know, uh, cons con well, consumables, but I would say more like, uh, thefted items like, like watches and, and belts and, and earrings and necklaces, like stuff that you, th you steal. So if it happens to be one of those particular types of things, you can carry more of that one particular type of thing with these satchels. And once you've crafted all of those satchels, you, you actually have the availability to craft something called the legend of the East, I believe, uh, satchel. And what that does is it lets you carry more of all the types of items. So a friend of mine suggested that I do that first because when I start doing missions and traveling all over the map, um, you know, doing, doing quests and whatnot, quests, missions and, and, and things like that, you're going to find so much stuff that you're really going to want this, this bigger bag. So that's what I did. I spent days wandering around this fictional America, um, looking for beaver pelts and wolf pelts and panther pelts and fucking bear pelts and elk pelts and deer pelts and like so many different things. Um, and it was fun, man. Like the climates are so different. I was going around in swamps, like Louisiana type swamps with fog and gators, trying not to get my ass fucking killed. I had to get to a, a desert type island and try to hunt iguanas because that was a kind of skin that I needed. Um, I was, I got to one point where I had to, to hunt a panther and I'd never even seen one in the game. And I put down some car, uh, carnivore bait. Uh, I was being very, very careful. I didn't see one for the longest time. I thought I saw the panther coming and, uh, I was getting ready to kill it. And then when I saw it, it was a boar, I'm like, well, I actually need a boar skin too. And I started to wander out from my hiding spot 
to kill this boar. And right as soon as I wandered out from behind this tree that I was hiding on, right to my left, way closer than the boar, I saw the fucking panther coming. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. Anyways, it was a pretty intense moment because I'm like, it took me forever to get one to come, which is why I had just sort of given up and decided I'll, I'll kill the boar and take its skin. But right as, yeah, as right as I started coming out and walking towards the boar, the boar turned around, like squealed and fucked off. And I was like, what the, and then I saw the panther to my left and we're talking like 10 to 15 feet away from me. So I was like, oh shit. Cause these animals, it's not like, oh, here's an animal. It sees you and fucks. If it's a predator, it will attack you. I've been attacked by packs of wolves several times, grizzly bears, panthers, cougars. I did, I had to find a cougar same thing. I, I found the cougar more frequently, but it fucked me up every time because one of the cool things about the game is when you're traveling on your horse, predators scare your horse. Your horse starts to freak out. So you usually get an idea of predators close when your horse starts freaking out and uh, it'll freak out and fucking throw you off. And now I'm on the ground getting up slowly because I just broke my fucking ribs <laughs> getting thrown from the horse. And, uh, you know, and then now I've got a, a goddamn big gato coming after me, big ass cat. So. Anyways, I, I had so much fun doing that stuff, guys, learning the different animals, hunting them, trying to figure them out, whatever. And again, this is a game that's shooting and heisting and I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm hunting animals, wandering around, learning how to fish. You got to hunt these legendary animals. Does anyone care? <laughs> Probably not, but I've had fun. Like I said, Kamar's popped in and watched some of it. Simon's been, you know, a few nights in a row where he comes in and sits and watches with me. It's incredibly cinematic. Very, very nice looking game. Um... Oh, it's never cool. There's weird little families that'll pop up, you know, like I'll be wandering through the woods and I'll find a little cabin and I approach the cabin, some guy's sitting on the porch and he's like, Hey, come on in friend. Come on, say hello. We got, co Hey man, whatever. So-and-so we got company. Weird ass woman will come out and two of them fucking weird. I, I basically had a couple that turned out to be brother and sister and they were trying to get me hammered. So they, they poisoned me. I woke up. They're like, put her out, put them out with mama. You know, you wake up. And you got, you're in a fucking hole in the ground in the middle of the rain with a corpse lying next to you. You're like, what the fuck? And you got to go back. Turns out you've been robbed by these people. You got to go back and fuck them up. Ah, amazing. It's minor spoiler, but there's so many, so many things happening in this game that there's all sorts of weird shit. You guys could play and never come across this, this, you know, this cabin. So it's, uh, it's a very alive world. Very, very, very very stunning to, to look at beautiful scenery and backdrops and everything like that. It's uh, very much alive. The, the biggest city Saint Denis in the, in the game is the first one that seems to have electricity. So it's very cool. It looks just like new Orleans. Um, so at night when the, when the sun goes down and all the lights come on, the city's just so vibrant with, with light and color mansions and old money looking places, plantations. I, I cannot go on enough about this game. I've just started to do missions in it and I'm having a blast just, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> learning to shoot and to see the different things that you can get, you know, do you can, you can break into people's houses and rob them, but you gotta be careful not to be seen or find different approaches for it. It is such a fun game guys. Can't say enough. I will try to leave it at there. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I thought that would be the biggest thing this week of me talking about red dead, but, um, Oh, it's so cool. The different guns you can get. There's, there's back alley things going on, like in businesses. So you can actually see a, you know, a doctor's office where it turns out he's got, you know, a gang hiding out in the back and they're counting their money and their spoils. 
you know, and you can, you can rob a store or you can force the owner to let you into his side thing. One guy had a, had a, a teenager chained up in his basement. He owns the gun store in a certain city. And he's got a teenager chained up in his basement. So as I was walking by the store, somebody's like, Hey, mister, mister. It's this kid screaming through like the basement window. Help me the guy inside. So, you know, you go inside and you pull your gun on the shop owner and you're like, let me see what's going on in that basement of yours. You know? So you end up, you know, going down there and you can, you can free the kid and, you know, tie up the shop owner, rob him, you know, like a good Samaritan would. I'm, I'm, I'm not for pedophiles and I'm stealing your stuff too. So, uh, yeah, great, great fucking game. If you're a gamer and you don't have Red Dead, what are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? You know, it's a great game. Great game. Loving it. But like I said, the, the, the wilderness has been consuming me. So the cities and the towns and the gunfights, I'll get to all that shit. For now, I am just loving seeing all the different animals, learning how to hunt them. Not to mention too, you can't just see an animal, shoot it, and that's it. You know, all the animals have different quality levels. So when you first see the animal, you can see if it's a one-star, two-star, or three-star version of that animal. Um, and in order to, you know, you could shoot it with a fucking rifle, but if it's a goddamn rabbit, you've just destroyed it. So if it's a three-star rabbit and you fire a shotgun on it, it's now a one-star rabbit. And a lot of the things that you need. So I didn't even mention that all these, these skins and pelts that I was searching for all had to be perfect in order for me to craft these satchels. So lots of times I'd find an animal I needed, run it down and, you know, just got galloping a little too fast because it would, it would go to stop to turn and my horse would just trample right over it, killing it or, or damaging its hide. So, all right, well, that's fucked up. So you got to learn like the right weapon. Some animals require be killed with a bow and arrow with a very small game arrow. So you're crafting different types of weaponry using different weapons. So, you know, trying to find out what weapon should I use? That's not going to kill this thing where you shoot. It matters. You know, you got to shoot it in the head or if you shoot it in the side, you fuck it up. It's lots of things come into play. Very vast. It, it obviously gives way more playability. If you can spend an entire day playing the game, trying to kill one animal, you know, and, it, and it's still being fun and engaging the entire time. There's a few times I said choice words at my screen, but, uh, <laughs> It, it was really fun. So with that, check out Red Dead, guys. A great game of, you know, picking herbs and stuff too, because once you get certain meats, you can, you can you know, make upgraded meat by cooking it with mint or thyme or oregano, just giving different results. Super cool. Super cool. I had tons of fun. Tons of fucking fun. And with that, guys, um, I wanted to mention two other little things that I just found interesting, you know, before I forget. And I'm sorry, 45 minutes. I thought it'd be a short one, but I always do, right? Um. Did you know that there's, uh, when I was in California, we had a garbage disposal on Airbnb and I don't remember if I had mentioned that or not, but, uh, I just remember like I've seen garbage disposals in, in, you know, TV shows and movies, countless pornos. Uh, there's always some, some stepsister who gets her fucking hand stuck in the garbage disposal. And then the brother comes up behind her and goes, Oh, you stick <laughs> step brother, fuck stuck sister. I don't watch a lot of porn. I watch an average amount of porn. Well, what's the average? I don't know. You know what? Fuck it. I actually wasn't going to do this, but that's a, that's a funny question. Let's see if Siri knows the answer. Hey Siri, what's the average amount of porn someone watches? Hmm. I don't know how to respond to that. Um, Siri said, so let's see if Google knows Siri. Apple doesn't know is, uh, is Google. What's the average amount of porn people watch? daily. Right, let's just go watch and maybe I'll have to refine it. Showing the results for what's the average, uh, how long Americans spend watching porn in 2016, 
Um, well, that's, that's something. Our porn hasn't changed that much. <laughs> Why is this an article I'm reading? This is so stupid. A ton of people watch porn and that's nothing to be ashamed of. Oh, well, thanks for, for giving us confidence. Even though the sex positive movement has been enjoying some much deserved time in the limelight over the past few years, watching porn, or at least being open about doing so is unfortunately still taboo, particularly for women. Uh, women watch porn. Uh, but why should we be ashamed of consuming? I want numbers here uh, when so many of us do it. According to Pornhub's 2016 year in review, people all around the globe spent over 4.5 billion hours watching porn uh, in 2016, which is a lot of damn hours. Yes, it is. Judging by that astronomical number, it seems humankind is generally pretty into the whole watching other people have sex thing. Yes, I am. Uh, which is cool with me. It says, I can't reiterate this point enough. There's nothing wrong with our indulging our fantasies. All right. And exploring bodies through masturbation, exploring our bodies through masturbation. I need to explore it. I spent more time. Oh, fuck. People are calling me. Oh, sorry. I declined. I'm reading porn. I'm reading porn articles here. Like some sort of fucking perverted, uh, what do you call it? Aristocrat? Oh, oh, honey, I'm sorry. I have not finished this article on masturbation. Yes, yes. It's encouraging me to explore my body. I was exploring this fake fucking America, finding animals. I was hunting beaver, you know? <laughs> so it's funny to explore our body's masturbation. No, I don't have to explore. I always know where to find my sausage. Uh, what's, what's the name? My weasel. There we go. My little hairless weasel. Although there are plenty of problems with mainstream porn, like creating unrealistic expectations for sex or lacking in diversity. Lacking? Lacking in diversity? There's all sorts of diversity. It's unfair to also condemn pornography as a whole. Just give me the numbers. The average. Pornhub found that a good old US of A was number one with 221 page of reviews per capita this year. All right. They're just telling me overall. 24 seconds increase. Ooh, it's taking people longer to come. Time spent per visit in the United States. So let's maybe let's say the, the day. Um, it's got it's got the states, but it looks like most of them are between. So one of them starting with Mississippi. Those those slow comers. <laughs> they're not just slow in education; they're slow in uh, arriving. Um, Eleven minutes and eight seconds at Mississippi, um, and then uh, New Mexico being the bottom of that with ten minutes and thirty two seconds. Then of course states that last the shortest they say is. Uh, what is it? Uh, Oregon. That's how you say it, right? Oregon. Uh, nine minutes and 27 seconds versus Virginia. Nine minutes and eight, 58 seconds. So the longest number on this thing is 11 minutes and eight seconds. The shortest is nine minutes and 27 seconds. Honestly, not a huge difference in my opinion. That's like a minute and a half difference between the absolute longest amount of time spent on the porn sites and uh, nine minutes and 27 seconds. And maybe they're like me with Netflix, because I have a hard time committing to which video I want to watch before I, you know, get started. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I, that's, that should be my, I want the numbers on how long people are on the site prior to clicking, uh, clicking that fucking button. All right. Well, that was a big, long thing about nothing. Point being is garbage disposals. I've seen many times, right? They always end up in the final destination movies too, where someone's got to reach a little further, a little further for something that fell down until they get to the danger zone. They're going to grind their hands up or whatever. But I actually got to, to fuck with one in California. Our Airbnb had one and that's where all the, you know, eggshells and, and food waste went. And then I remember just at one point I said to Mike, I was like, hey, you know, why don't we, I don't know anyone who's ever had a garbage disposal. Do we have, I go, do you have a garbage disposal? And he said, no our sewer system isn't designed for them. Like 
in Ottawa or Ontario, God knows where, cause I've never, never really known anyone who's had one. He just said, yeah, like our sewers aren't designed our piping and all that shit isn't designed for like food to be flushed down it. And I was like, huh, not that I really need a garbage disposal or anything like that, but I just, I was like, oh, that would make a whole lot of sense as to why we've never seen them. There's just so many of them in the States. And I thought, oh, it's been around for like, you know, a lot of these cities are old and stuff been around for a long time. I wonder, I wonder how much work it would take to, to, I just thought it was a funny thing to, I'm wondering how much work it would take to overhaul an entire city's plumbing system, like, like sewage system to allow for something like as stupid as a garbage disposal. Like basically just instead of throwing the compostable garbage out, it just goes right into the, to, to some system. I thought that'd be that, that I thought would be a really funny, like hill to die on. Right. Like, like somebody just like a social, you know, finding some sort of cause that you want to like convince the people you want to run for mayor, you know, or, or premier governor or whatever. And just be like, I want to spend X amount of millions or potentially billions of dollars to recreate the infrastructure or not recreate, but to create the infrastructure for garbage disposals to be available in people's homes. There's far too much wastage that goes out in garbage, bag. you know what I mean? And just be like, spend millions of dollars of tax. Like that's the thing. And it just never happened for the longest time. You spend 20 years advocating for such. Like, I would just be funny. I'd love to hear these causes, just the cause that someone would, you know, just to, to try to do that, that you just, you just know we'll never have legs. I want to add garbage disposals. I want to add little side gutters to every street. I want women's rights. You know, all these things that just, you know, are never going <laughs> to, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah. So there was that. And then finally, I, I spent a lot of time this week getting rid of subscriptions. Um, it blows your fucking mind. How many like monthly things, or maybe it doesn't, maybe some of you guys are good with money. You're not like me, very impetuous. Um, but, uh, I, I got rid of like five or six different things that I just was like, you know, like you're like, they're not much, right. They're like 15 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks here and there. But, but they're just, I'm not using them. And when you add it up every month, that's like a hundred bucks. I'm like 1200 bucks a year and shit that I just don't want to spend. That's, that's, you know, how many mama burgers that buys? No, it's a lot. Like, I, so I was like, I canceled my dollar shape club. I'm growing my hair back. I'm not doing the bald thing anymore. It's just too much. If I spent two or three days in a row without shaving it it just started to look shitty. So I'm like, you know what? And, and in the winter time it's cold. So I'm like, yeah, my hair's, I'm just gonna be okay with having a fucked up bald spot on the back of my head. That's it. I'm just gonna have to own it. That's me now. And, uh, is what it is. Um, you know, until I maybe, and yeah, maybe, yeah, that's where I've got. I've got to the point of it. Maybe if I lose weight, all right, it's not an absolute anymore in my head. It's a maybe if I lose weight, I might be able to, uh, to rock a bald head and feel comfortable with it. But for now I'm just, ah, I am, I'm, I'm letting the hair grow back. So I canceled my uh, dollar shave club subscription. I've got shitloads of blades, I'm not going through them fast enough. So I canceled that. That's just costing me needlessly. I canceled uh, like Xbox subscriptions for things like just, they, they got like a Netflix of, of games, which is great. If you're playing them, I'm not, there's one game I'm playing right now. And before that, there was no games I was playing. So that was just hemorrhaging 15 bucks a month needlessly. All sorts of things, social media stuff that I had that was, you know, I, I didn't need anymore. I spent it years ago, but now that Facebook lets you schedule stuff, I don't, you know, I don't need to, to have these premium memberships. Just going through this big list, guys, of shit that I had that I'm just like, I just don't fucking need this anymore. So, yeah, I uh, I cancel a lot of that. Do you guys have a bunch of subscriptions of things that you just, every month you're like, oh, I've been meaning to cancel that. And then, you know, you get your credit card bill. You're like, Fuck. You know, another 140 bucks this month of, of stuff I just didn't need. There's ones you do need, right? I need my Apple music. 
I like having access to all music a month for 10 bucks. It's great. You know, just, just, but, but there's some, you know, your Netflix, well, can't get rid of Netflix. That one is worth it every, every time, right? A lot of you guys listening might be like, Man, I don't even pay it. I have someone else's account. Ah, good for you. I did that for, uh, for a long time too. But anyways, uh, that's all I'm saying is like, I bet you every one of us listening, every one of you could find something that you're subscribing to either digitally or, you know, monthly delivered to your door, whatever that kind of shit guaranteed each one of you, you know, has something you could just jettison. Right. I mean, Jason's getting ready to go on a cruise next week. I bet you anything he's got his hell, you know, whatever I want to, I want to name them. It's not the one I was starting to say anyways, but I, you know, one of those food subscriptions that comes in a box and your meals come, I guarantee you, he hasn't thought to cancel that for the week that he's not here. And several times at the end of the week, he's like scrounging to, to cook a meal that he's forgotten to cook. Even though they give you three meals, he cooks for himself so little that he actually forgets. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think I could stop talking about stuff. All right. That's it. I apologize for the super long thing. We're an hour in. I haven't even gotten the sponsors, but I'm getting to them now. My partners at portablepress.com. Uncle John's Bathroom Readers. And this week, I picked an article that I found uh, particularly interesting from, uh, you know, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, Nature Calls. I spent all this time wandering around the wilderness looking for animals, you know, and getting killed by so many of them because they're dangerous. There's some fucking badass creatures out there you know they will fuck your shit up you know you go wandering out there with your stupid camera trying to take some instagram pictures because you love nature well these things are out there they might kill you this article is called badass beasts and you know all about lions and tigers and rhinos that will charge at you like a locomotive but prepare yourself for a few tougher buggers you may not have even heard before the animal is the giant Amazonian centipede. Its background, found in northern South America and on some Caribbean islands, this centipede species can grow up to 12 inches in length and can be as big around as your thumb. Okay, yeah, that's pretty big. Um, like all centipedes, they have on their first body segment a modified pair of claws called uh, forciples, forciples, forcipals, uh, through which they can deliver a potent venom. I didn't fucking know that. That's freaky. Uh, most centipedes use that venom to kill insects, but the giant Amazonian centipede takes it to another level. It will capture, uh, envenomate, never heard that word before, but envenomate, kill and eat and what? Okay. Everyone's calling me right now. I'm going to have to send this to the old voicemail. Sorry. Um, yeah. Envenomate, kill and eat insects, lizards, frogs, and even mice. Um, badass. If that isn't enough, the giant Amazonian centipede has another favorite prey. If it comes across a suitable cave, it will crawl up the walls to the ceiling, attach itself there with its strong rear legs and let its body hang down. Why? So it can catch passing bats, which it will then kill and eat. Fuck me. Trying to find it. Lost my spot here. Close that up for a second to check the message here. Sorry, guys, I'm back from that. All right, we're still continuing, continuing on with Badass Beasts. The animal, Shocking Pink Dragon Millipede. Ah, oh, they all fucking peds? That's going to be annoying. Uh, background, just over an inch long, covered in tiny spikes and bright pink in color, the Shocking Pink Dragon Millipede was discovered in 2007 in Thailand. Ooh, it's relatively new. Badass, the scientists who discovered these millipedes said they spent most of their time foraging for decaying matter. Millipedes, unlike centipedes, are not carnivorous. All right, well, that helps. 
right on top of uh, leaf litter, where their bright pink color makes them very easy to spot. This is odd behavior for millipedes, which are usually found under rocks, fallen logs, leaves, and the like because they're a common food for a wide variety of predators. But the shocking pink dragon millipede doesn't care about that because if something comes along and tries to eat it, it will activate special glands in its body, produce, uh, in its body, produce some cyanide gas and shoot the gas right out of its mouth at the predator. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's like somebody with bad breath. Whatever predator made this mistake of messing with the millipede will be quickly on its way and the millipede will go, turning page, uh, back to its sh uh, shocking pink business. Uh, bonus, shocking pink dragon millipedes smell like almonds. Oh, so you got a nut allergy. It's going to fuck you up two ways. Uh, that's because of the cyanide, which occurs naturally in almonds and gives them their distinctive odor. Oh, well, there you go. That's probably... Why some people are allergic to cyanide. I've been getting more and more frustrated lately that I, I have that gene that makes me hate cilantro. I just don't like the idea that I got like a shit gene. I'd rather, I, you know what? If I was going to get dealt one, I'd rather it be that, the thing that makes uh, cilantro taste like soap versus like, oh, I can't have peanuts. I can't have gluten. Oh, milk is burning in my belly. Uh, next animal, the gaur, G-A-U-R, gore, gore. Um, background, gores rhyme with powers. Okay, so it's gaur. Gaur. Uh, are enormous, the largest of all wild cattle. All right. Found in India and Southeast Asia, the biggest of the bunch have weighed in at about 3,000 pounds, reached 10 feet in length, and stood more than seven feet tall at the shoulder. Jesus Christ. Imagine that a basketball player-sized, uh, I guess, beef, cattle, cow, bull, whatever, seven feet at the shoulders it means its head's even fucking tall. That's terrifying. Um, reach 10 feet. Like, yeah, the smaller, <laughs> their smaller young are commonly taken by a number of predators, but the only animals that have been known to kill adult gowers are especially large saltwater crocodiles and tigers. Fuck me. I'm going to have to Google that shit just to see some of these things. The cro yeah, crocodile. They're like, how the fuck does it get that high up? to grab it by the fuck. I guess it's only grabbing the legs and trying to bust them out. Jesus Christ. Badass. Tigers are arguably nature's most ferocious terrestrial killing machines, but that doesn't mean they always succeed when attacking gowers. Uh, there have been numerous reports of tigers going after gowers and being killed themselves, usually as victims of the gowers long and very sharp horns. In one exceptional case, rangers in Nagaraholi national park in Southern uh, India, Nagarahol National Park in Southeast India. Sorry, I wanted to make sure I get these names right. I, just, I feel like I sound super ignorant if I don't, but I've never heard of it before. Uh, in Southern India, came across the carcass of a large adult male tiger. An examination of hoof prints and other signs in the area told them that the tiger had been in what the rangers called a prolonged battle with a gaur, during which the gaur repeatedly gored the tiger, trampled it with its hooves, and for good measure, picked it up and slammed it into a tree several times, possibly even after it was dead. Okay. Another motherfucking badass animal, the honey badger. A relative of the American badger, the honey badger makes its home in Africa, the Middle East, and India. It's a solitary creature spending several hours of the day and night roaming the area with its bur sorry, yeah, area around its burrow, uh, searching for food. 
It will eat almost anything, including fruit, vegetables, carrion, rodents, eggs, lizard, frogs, and snakes. Badass. Honey badgers especially like to eat snakes, and not just any old snakes. If it comes across the scent of an... Uh, scent of even a highly venomous snake like a king cobra or puff adder it will track it relentlessly and upon finding it will attack it without hesitation if a deadly snake bites the honey badger the animal will continue to fight the snake uh that's crazy biologists still can't explain it but honey badgers appear to be immune to snake venom from national geographic magazine so there's a little excerpt uh one night we saw a young male honey badger collapse He'd been struck in the face by a puff adder just before he bit its head off. We expected that he would die, but after two hours, he woke up, groggily finished his meal, and later trotted off into the sunrise. Jesus. Honey badgers have also been known to stand up to and scare off jackals, hyenas, leopards, and even lions. Wow. And if a honey badger comes across a turtle or tortoise, it will eat it, shell and all. Jeez. Oh, yeah, they like honey, too. Yeah, that makes sense. And finally... More badass beasties. Animal, the final one, blue sea slug. Background, this species of small sea slug can be found floating on the surface of temperate and tropical oceans all over the planet. Their bodies, two to three inches long, pale and dark blue in color, have several dark spiky fingers growing out of them. To tell the story of this sea slug, we first have to tell the story of another nasty oceanic creature, the blue bottle jellyfish. A blue bottle's body is several times larger than that of a blue sea slug, and its venom-carrying tentacles can reach 30 feet in length. Uh, contact with the tentacles causes severe pain in humans, but only rarely sickness and death. Blue bottles use that venom to paralyze their prey, usually fish. Yeah, that's right, because, like, yeah, I can't remember how they work, but they, like, paralyze things, and they pull the tentacles up into these, like, little beaks they got. Badass. Blue sea slugs eat blue bottle jellyfish. Oh, there you go. There's the fucking twist. Venomous tentacles and all. Not only are they completely impervious to blue bottle venom, but sea slugs somehow select the most potent venom they find on a blue bottle victim's tentacles and save it in their sacks on the tips of their aforementioned spike-like fingers. This way, they can use the venom they stole from a blue bottle against future predators or prey. Not only that, but because blue sea slugs manage to con... To con I hate when, word, when they do that, eh? They do like the half the word and the 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 hyphen so that if you have like the wrong uh, inflection or sound like manage to concentrate the most uh venomous venom from blue bottles they eat uh they're actually more venomous than blue bottles yeah there you go so they concentrate look that it's gonna eat your brains and get your knowledge and that guys was badass beasts the running feet on these pages rats can tread water up for up to three days hey hey uh the faster a kangaroo hops the less energy it burns okay yeah, you use momentum. Fucking uh, kangaroo cruise control. Uh, about 11% of the Earth's surface is used to grow food. Does that count? So when you say about 11% of the Earth's surface is used to grow food, do you mean 11% of like, like, because the surface is covered in water, right? So like, if you say, you know, I think I read the other day that it's like 50% of the Earth's surface is water, which I felt like was not that much. But now is that 11% of the land portion is used to grow food or 11% meaning like, you know, like 40% of the surf. I don't even know if I've converted that properly. You guys know what I'm getting at, right? Does it, does it feel to you like that, that 11% of the whole surface? So if we're only like 45% and 11% of the surface, that means like we're, we're pretty much all that fuck, unless you count like algae, you know what? 
that running feet has way too many questions and answers. So I'm, I'm, uh, I feel like I didn't learn anything, but anyways, <laughs> um, that is, uh, uncle John's bathroom reader nature calls for my partners at portablepress.com. All the uncle John's bathroom reader stuff guys available to you, um, in many forms, all sorts of different books. This one that I pulled from is entirely based on nature. And I had a hard time. Um, I didn't read the whole fucking thing. I, I skimmed through a few articles and I try to try to point it in the direction, but I thought, you know what? I kept getting killed by fucking animals. I thought maybe some, some badass beasts in that wilderness. That'd be a li nice little article. And I'm glad I read it poorly. Um, <laughs> the next, uh, partners as always absolute comedy guys, my partners in absolute comedy. I did shows, uh, quite a few of them before the holidays. I'm glad to not be on stage every night right now. It's uh, a lot of fun to, uh, just be wandering on the woods. I'm, I'm wasting all my free time on, on Red Dead and I make no apologies for it. I'm having a fucking blast and, uh, but I can't wait to start being productive again. If you want to see my lack of productivity in action. Oh, what a terrible pitch. No, I'm joking. I right, guys, I am headlining my home club, Ottawa, Ontario, February 19th to 24th. I hope that if you're in the area, you'll come see me because I would love to see you make you laugh, have some good times. There's great shows at absolute comedy all the time. So check out absolutecomedy.ca. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. Did I forget anyone? I always seem to have somebody I forgot. Fuck that noise. You know, I didn't forget, guys. My partner's a DK, Dorling Kindersley. You know, I love these guys. Guys, uh, this week I read a book um, and I spent more time reading it than I intended to. Um, guys, this book is called The Self-Sufficient Life and how to live it. The classic back to basics guide to going off the grid. I saw this on their website a few months back. It was a few months, a few months back and thought, wow, is this ever cool? Like wh who amongst us for the most part, hasn't been like, you know what? I'd love to learn how to make bread from scratch. I, and I talked to you guys about that. You know, I would like to learn how to, to farm and, and, and have gardens and things like that. How do I harness energy? You know, I'd love to just go off the fucking grid, man. These hydro bills, these fucking hydro bills. I can't stand them. Um, so I want to see this book, but you know what was really, what really pushed me to read it this week was all this time I spent on Red Dead because you know what? I'm going around picking herbs. I'm hunting little animals. I'm cooking. I'm making ingredients, setting up campfires. And I was more than anything else living off the fucking grid, man. So I figured, you know what? What a great parallel to have in this book. And I got to tell you, this book is so fucking vast. I don't know how I'm going to be able to give it a quick summary. Um, I'm still going to, cause I know you guys don't like hearing me talk about a book for 20 minutes. It's not a book podcast. This book, again, the self-sufficient life and how to live it. The classic back to basics guide to going off the grid by John Seymour is amazing. It's a new edition of it. Okay. So it's, it's been, it's a, it's a new edition. There's been over half a million copies sold of this thing. 
and right from the beginning, it gets you going. I'm flipping through the pages only to remember, but I love the fact that it has a list of the seasons. If you've never heard of them, no, it's, it's actually a really good way to set up for the seasons. And because the seasons are so important, it's actually segregated into early spring, late spring, early summer, late summer, like not just the seasons, but the portions of them, they have tons of visuals, like all great DK books do about how to create an urban garden, a community garden, and the layouts of them, the how to set up a one-acre farm, how to set up a several-acre farm. The visuals of it are incredible. I'm not going to read you every single page because there's hundreds of pages, 400 pages of this book, but it will take you through the main sections of like gardening, farming, food from nature, animals, vegetables, fruits, and like everything everything how to create a garden not just like hey here's what you plant and how to plant but like here's how you set up a garden from turning the soil over and everything like that again visuals on it and they call it like things setting up a deep bed I i'm telling you right now all of my red dead people who are playing the game this book is incredible like if you were ever stuck in a zombie apocalypse this book is actually going to help you get your shit together there are some things that you're going to have to get yourself like a few tools and stuff like that. Like you can't just do it, you know, all with your bare hands, of course, but this thing has everything from protection from pests and how to live with nature and not against it. Uh, there's, I, I thought this was fucking hilarious. There's a section called pests, fungi and diseases, which I've reviewed full books on just those three things. But I love that in the pests, fungus diseases, a huge section that lists everything. And then one of the sections that they have is children <laughs> listed under pests, fungi and diseases. I thought was hysterical. And uh, I'll just read that one little paragraph because it's funny. I didn't even read it before. Uh, I skimmed over just, you know, I, I was trying to save a bit of time, but I'll just read it. Kids love the garden, but their attention span is short. And those that come from towns may go a bit crazy in your fine open space. This is definitely a case where ignorance is very definitely not bliss. Education and information are the best ways to avoid damage. If you can find simple jobs for them to do, you will find they soak up knowledge very quickly. They love harvesting and animals, but don't forget to warn them if you have an aggressive rooster or geese. Yeah, because a rooster can peck your fucking kid. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. Like they And they say, you know, like live with nature, not against it. So it's teaching you how to prepare for animals and stuff like that that'll come in. There's so many things about fruits and veggies and not just, hey, here's how, here's what you should grow. It's telling you the best season to grow certain things. And I guess that's, you're going to find a lot of that shit. So I'm trying not to go too, too gaga over that. But the best part is how to preserve. Like it's showing you everything from greenhouses, plot layouts, really like it, it's really in depth. The visuals are insane, but they're also telling you how to preserve. So it tells you how to like properly can things, how to split the pods of certain things, how to blanch them before canning. Like it's, it's really cool. Like honest to God, if I was ever, you know, the power goes down and then how does humanity survive? I think this fucking book is absolutely amazing because it teaches you all the different types of greenhouses, how to grow undercover, how to grow. Like it's, it's crazy. And that's just the growing part. The food from animals is amazing. I will share on the social media because it's showing you how to milk cows, how to shear sheep, like, uh, and not briefly either. Like it's giving you in-depth information on how to do this stuff. It's like, there's even a section like that, how to teach a calf to suck. Right. In case you want to fucking beach. Right. And there's no women. No, I'm kidding. Uh, it's got, uh, it's got like basically the, the finger method of how to teach. I guess if a calf isn't learning how to suck, like, and they know how to suckle a teat, but maybe not how to like drink out of a bucket or something like that. So in the, in the image, it shows them how to, you know, teaching the, the little baby goat, how to suck. So it's, you know, obviously it teaches you, this was the big one here, especially playing red dead is it teaches you how to skin 
and gut and things like that. Animals, which again, you know, like I'm sorry, little housewives listening or you know, sensitive metrosexuals that might be like, oh, that's gross and icky. Yeah, well, you know what? If you were ever on your own, like think about that. Think how quickly you would break down as a human being if there's just no grocery stores anymore. Like, well, where do where do I get food? Right? Well, this book will show you. It'll show you how to fucking skin a rabbit, like step by step, how to skin it, cut it, clean it. It teaches you how to fucking like and to care for the livestock you already have. It's basically there's a there's a page here that's just showing you how to how to help a, a sheep give birth. So and the different kinds of abnormal presentations that might be within the womb. So some of these pictures show a guy, you know, sticking his hand in a, in a sheep's twat. But it's like, hey, you know, if you want this, you know, you want your livestock to continue on, you're going to make sure this thing doesn't have a goddamn breech birth or, you know, its limbs aren't all twisted inside. So it's teaching you how to go in and make sure that the, you know, before you give birth, that the baby's going to come out right and not die in the process. You know, how to shear and how to roll and all that stuff. It's incredible. Like, I'm just refreshing all of the stuff. It just teaches you how to have honey, how to beekeep. You know, and how to how to, to to harvest that honey afterwards, the proper ways to do it. Now, again, that's, this is what I was getting at earlier. But there's some tools in this that uh, you you're not going to just have. You're not going to have a, a honey tank or an extractor. But these are things that if you wanted to invest in, you know, like Meeks, I'm thinking of you. You've got property that you you know you might be able to just save some money by doing some of this shit on your own. And you're you're a very very skilled do it yourselfer. So, you know, and, and with, you know, your lovely wife, I don't know if you want me to say her name or not. I've said it before, Mel. Um, if she's getting stir crazy up there with things to do, like these are some really cool DIY things, everything from draining land, right? Like if you got too much water in your stuff, like this is guys, this book's fucking crazy. You know, how to, how to build this stuff for workhorses, how to build certain types of fences. Like this is a fucking awesome book. You know, I really, really enjoyed it. There's guys, there's things on, on water power and wind power, you know, how to, how to set that stuff up, different types of fishing, different types of plants, nuts, mushrooms, like all the stuff, you know, how to create hay sheds and cows. Like I remember there's how to make cheese, cream, butter, all of that stuff is in here. Uh, this should be called, yeah, I mean, it should be called a survival guide. You know what I mean? It really is, but it's the self-sufficient life and it really is self-sufficient. Everything that you need from energy, food, all that bread preservation, like I mentioned before, it's amazing. It's an amazing book. It even tells you how to make wine and beer. Everything that you need to live a good life is in here. But imagine how healthy you are. They even have like dry toilets in here, um, which is basically like how to how to create toilets and the the fencing, you know what I mean, outhouses and stuff like that. Saving energy, energy alternatives, like I said, with wa like water wheels and stuff like that. The different types of setup, how to warm water, you know, before it goes into your house. They got solar water heaters, you know. It's it's in incredible. It even talks about BTUs and fuel from wastes and stuff like that that you can get. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, it's quite the book. Pottery even. You know, how to make pottery and use things like looms and whatnot. It's, um, I, it's unbelievable. I mean, I guess this is basically like an Amish high school education. You know what I mean? Like you learn how to do all that shit yourself, but it, it's even tells you how to make bricks. And I, I can't, I can't wait to go back and just, it's the kind of thing you're going to have to like, you're almost like, well, I'm look, I'm trying to do this. How do I do this? And you reference that section guys, the self-sufficient life and how to live it. The classic back to basics guide to going off the grid. 
stupid cool book. Another fucking masterpiece from DK. My partner's at Dorling Kindersley. Go to dk.com slash CA or dk.com in the States or just Google DK books wherever you are in the world. Get their shit. Thank you to my sponsors, of course. And a little... uh a little added thing here, guys, is uh, there's another DK contest coming up. So I'm going to read to you what they sent me. A lot of this information is directed at me, but you guys are mentioned in here as well. So just uh, I'll give you a little sneak preview that this is coming up, you know, all the details. Uh, it's that time again. Our annual I Love DK campaign is here, and we would love for you to be a part of it. Here's how you participate, and I think this is for me and you. Uh, we invite you to post about your favorite DK book um, of all time and encourage your readers to do the same on social media, Facebook, Twitter with the hashtag, I love DK hashtag, um, hashtag in the sense that that's I'm letting you know, that's what it is. I love DK hashtag is what we're, we're doing. I say readers because they have a lot of bloggers and I guess I fall under that particular categorization of like, you know, social media presences and stuff, but they don't have a lot of podcast people I would imagine. So they don't have a separate fucking autofill for, for podcasters. But, uh, so I'm saying for all of you guys listening and seers on Facebook, all that shit, um, we will be posting on Facebook next week, requesting people share their all time favorite DK book. All bloggers or podcasters who participate will be eligible to win a $500 DK shopping spree. You know what? They take such good care of me. I don't even need that. All right. Here's, here's what I'll do. Oh, they might not like this, but I think they believe in me. So all bloggers who participate will be eligible with a $500 DK shopping spree. Your post should be a call to action for your readers to post about their favorite DK titles. Well, I'm calling you guys to action on that right now. Please include the information that a lucky social media poster on Facebook will be eligible for a $200, sorry, for a $250 DK shopping spree. And one lucky Twitter poster will be eligible for a $250 DK shopping spree as well. So there you go. You guys have it right there. I want you, some of you have DK books. I fucking know it. So I'll, I'll put something out there, but I'm putting it out here in, in podcast form that this is coming up. So start posting pictures and stuff with a hashtag. I love DK for your favorite, uh, DK book. And, and you guys can be eligible to win this $250 shopping spree, be it Facebook or Twitter. Okay. All social media posts must have the, I love DK hashtag. We will be retweeting, liking, sharing, and reposting from the DK Canada, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. Uh, post on a blog or website must be live by February 1st to be eligible. So we got to get on that shit. All right. I have to post it out there for you guys. You guys put it in. Social media posts must be live by February 8th to be eligible. So it's coming up. All right. If you guys are listening now and you're like, oh, that'd be fun. Tell your smartphone to remind you on, you know, in a couple of days or whatever. It gives you time to find your book, take some pictures, right? Put it out there. Remind yourself that hashtag too. Social media posts must be live by February 8th to be eligible. Social media winners and the winning blogger will be picked on Thursday, February 14th, ah, Valentine's Day, and announced in a DK Canada newsletter that will be sent out on February 14th with links to our explore page and key blogger posts. All right, this does not have to be a newer book. It can be one of your favorites. All right, I'm telling you, a great fucking candidate. Is this the self-sufficient life and how to live it? All right, that's a great one. So, uh... And then, of course, I managed to copy and paste the let me know if you have any questions part for me. So um, that's it, guys. That's a DK contest coming up. I hope that you guys uh, get in on that shit because they have fantastic books. I have talked about several of them, and they probably have tons of shit that I haven't that's right up your alley. So make sure you do what you can to get yourself into that and watch for my posts on social media. You know, uh, who wouldn't want to win $250 fucking shopping spree with all these amazing books? You know, don't, don't be a fucking dick. I'm what an attack, you know, just, uh, just, just, just pay attention to that guys. It's time for touch and go. I'm calling Jimmy. 
I tried them last week, didn't get a hold of them. I returned, uh, both Mika and Jimmy returned my calls, but uh, not not in time. Tiff was a lucky winner. Hey, handsome. Hey, buddy. How are you? Welcome to the One Man Podcast. I thought I'd try again this week and see if I can get a hold of you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you working? Uh, I am. I'm actually just finishing work right now. Oh, are you? So, so do you have five minutes for me? Uh, I do. Okay. So I always have five minutes for you, buddy. Ah, uh, thanks. That's all it takes me to finish. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's funny. I picked you too, because I, uh, I actually, and I totally forgot to mention this in the podcast. I went to Mika's house, uh, last Friday. I had a few things I did last yep. week that I didn't bother talking about. I didn't find them interesting enough. So, uh, Mika will hear this and think that I didn't find it. Interesting. No, I'm kidding. I went to his house. I played some uh, board games with him and Mel. And that was, uh, that was my, my late Friday night. We had a good time. And, cool. now, and now you know too. You and the listeners know. So what's new and exciting with you, buddy? Um, to be a hundred percent honest, um, not a whole lot. No, uh, no. I mean, I've, I'm switching stuff up at work. Uh, no longer doing what I was doing. I'm starting a whole new program, so it's a lot of learning. What were you doing? Uh, I was doing uh, unit flips. So somebody moves out. I. Uh, kind of fix things up, make sure it's good to go. And then uh, new people move in. Um, and now I'm doing the fire life safety. So I'm going around to all the different buildings that we own uh, all throughout Ottawa and making sure that, uh, yeah, that uh, fire inspectors won't find any issues. So doors, <laughs> fire. Sorry, I just like your choice of wording. I wonder if that's like, like, so fire inspectors won't find any issues. Not that, so there's no issues. <laughs> it's so that they won't find them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, it's knowing how to hide them properly. Perfect. <laughs> that's I'm not cool. going to tell you what company I work for. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone, would know. we got international, Jimmy, your, your voice is being heard all over the world, man. I don't know if. It's, man, this is, this is a lot of pressure. Yeah. Well, not necessary. Got two kiddos now. Are you still alive? I am actually. I'm. Uh, I think I'm quite blessed. Really? Uh, my kids are pretty well. I mean, I'm sure every parent says it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're I, all terrible people. What's that? <laughs> I said, yeah, you're all terrible people. I'm just yeah. joking. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's like all through the Christmas, you know, like um, he, uh, my son was, uh, he was good. He's helped open up his presents, and he was excited about it, and. He wasn't all like, you know, crying and needing naps and all that stuff. And, you know, obviously my daughter is uh, too young to really understand what's going on when she's only three months old, but she, uh, she did her naps when she was supposed to and all that stuff. So, I mean, I'm, I had no complaints. Things went well. Well, that's good. Did you get anything you wanted for Christmas? I mean, every gift, of course, not to leave anyone feeling out, but did you, what, what did you get for Christmas you were particularly happy about? Uh, I got a Carhartt jacket. A what? Uh, a Carhartt jacket. You know, like uh, the brand there, Carhartt. Never heard of it. You never heard. You worked in the you worked in the trade, and you haven't heard of Carhartt. No. I'm I'm a little shocked at that, but you know Dickies. Yeah, I've heard of that. Like, yeah, it's the way better version of Dickies. How's that? Done? So it looks like a big NASCAR jacket. No, it's uh. Well, I guess they're different colors and stuff like that, and, but it, there's nothing flashy about it. They're just well-made, like uh, thick cotton, so they stay warm in the winter, all that kind of stuff. Like it's a two hundred dollar jacket. Like, okay. It's a, it's a nice jacket, you know. Okay. 
Uh, I got that. I uh, got a few other things. I mean, little knick-knacky things. Uh, one thing that I was really happy to get, I know it sounds, well, there's a few things, obviously, I was happy to get, but just, you know, out of the blue kind of thing that's not normal to me was the bird feeder. Okay. Yeah. I uh, uh, My mother-in-law gave me a bird feeder, and uh, it was one of those gifts for like, oh, you know, just kind of here, whatever, but I'm actually finding myself more into it than I thought. Like you just you I, hung it up and you're watching the birds kind of coming at it? Yeah, like, and I'm seeing the birds, and I'm kind of like, oh, I wonder what kind of bird that is. And, you know, you kind of look it up, and turns out birds eat a whole bunch of different things, and if you want to attract certain birds, you put out certain seeds, and I, it, I don't know, it's a whole another. It's fascinating. I, I do, and I'm not, I'm not teasing. It's, I, I know, I know how it feels to be like, hey, you know, I'm doing this thing that seems weird, and I'm like, you know what, the older I get, the more, like, dude, I, I'm, I'm. I got into wines just because I was around it so much. And the more you learn and you're like, Oh, that's fast. Oh, I wouldn't mind trying. Oh, it'd be interesting to and, and, like all, there's lots of little things. People get into all sorts Absolutely. of hobbies that you're just like, fuck, I, I, I never thought I would have given a shit about this, but. It, well, exactly. I remember being like, you know, when you're young and whatever, it's like electronics. Like when you, when you get, I mean, a gift, like your favorite gift of the year, is, you know, you got like a, a, a Nintendo or a, a PlayStation or something like that you know like it was like that's all that you wanted and if you didn't get that kind of thing you were yeah okay well you know i got uh got books and i got all this stuff it's something that you got really excited about but now i find like i'm getting excited for all the things i didn't think i would be getting excited for like books and games and puzzles and that kind of stuff like stuff that i actually use my brain for right which uh i i never saw this day coming but, uh, you know, here we are. Well, it's nice that it's like with this, all the stresses of the world, like I can, I, I could see and not funny. I could see myself doing too. It's just like, you know, you watch when you're a kid, you see the old guys just sitting in the chair on the porch staring and you're like, that is so boring. Yep. <laughs> now you're like, oh yeah. <laughs> like yeah to just sit and do five nothing. minutes to sit on a porch and do nothing. Yeah. yeah. Just stare at the bird feeder and go, huh? I wonder what that person. Exactly. That's, that's what I mean. Like I remember this. <laughs> being young and like you know mom and dad would be uh happy to come home and just you know sit out on the deck and have a glass of wine or something like that and i was like man like don't you guys want to go out and let's go for a bike ride or let's play this or let's do any and they were always you know no no you guys do whatever you want to do we'll, we'll be here and i was like hey. <laughs> go away <laughs> yeah, go away much. make it and quiet yeah. <laughs> that my parents were basically telling me hey go fuck off while i go uh while i try to relax yeah, my I'm knees totally hurt, enough. my back hurts, my hips hurt. No, I don't want to go for a bike ride. I, dude, my yeah. eyes cringe at the idea of being on a bike going over like a pothole or something. Just the, the fucking impact on all my joints that, that would feel like. Yeah, no, I absolutely, and it's, uh, I don't, I, I, I think it's a, it's a good thing. Like you know, you, you pick different interests that you're not. Uh, I mean, there are some forty and fifty and sixty year old whatever that are like, yeah, if I'm not rock climbing, the world sucks, sure. But yeah, well, I, 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 they're the kind that I would want to fall off the rock's face. I'm, I'm not rock climbing. Yeah, well, then just let go next. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so to me, like, I, I get having fun here and there and going out and doing something, you know, crazy and exciting, but like, I'm finding that's becoming rarer and rarer. Like, the old days, we used to go on our adventure nights. Yeah. And we'd walk like, I don't know, 1,500 miles and, you know, climb the side of a building and do all that. Well, we just, we're not that people anymore. And 
Yeah, now we have I, money. I, think, <laughs> now I, we could, I don't mind reading uh, reading a book about you know people who are doing that kind of stuff now. Yep. There's a great book that I just reviewed, and I'm going to plug it one more time with him with you. Is there's a, a great book uh, from DK called "The Self Sufficient Life and How to Live It," the classic back to basics guide to going off the grid. Grid and has everything. Has everything. I already talked about it. Also, I won't bring it up again. But I think that you would love that book. Just being into like a, it. It basically would teach you how to survive in The Walking Dead. Everything. Oh Not no, just... I be perfect at that. I've taken all the tests. All the tests. All those quizzes of how long you would last in a zombie apocalypse. I, I always lived to right to the very end. That's those quizzes are stupid. I don't know if I've ever even seen them, but I assume if it's like a, how long would you live? Dude, this thing even tells you like how to do everything solar and beekeeping and everything. I can't, again, yeah. I don't want I don't want to start a new review, but I, when we get together, I got to show you this thing because you and Mika would both fucking love it. I absolutely love this thing. It's it. And it's super visual. It shows you how to skin animals and stuff like can that. Can you color on it? Can you, you got to keep it in the line? You can. Some of the pictures are black and white, so you get to, you can color right in them. See, now you're talking my kind of books. Oh, is that is that right? You're getting color, good at coloring? Uh, no, no, actually. I'm like, I've taken all the tests. I'm like, you've entered coloring contests and won? Is that what you're telling <laughs> You <me>? betcha. <laughs> Blah, blah is number one. Your fridge looks fantastic. Tons of pictures on it all well done. Yeah. I'm always putting mine over top of Ryan's. Yeah. So what, uh, I mean, I, I try to make these touch and goes short just so that we're not boring people if no one cares, but fuck them. Um, I just wanted to know, is there anything, uh, like new and exciting coming up for you? Anything that you're looking forward to? Your vasectomy, you're maybe you're put, you're put me on the spot. You know that? So that way, if, if I had plans with somebody that I was supposed to get together with, which I have a horrible memory for that kind of stuff. And you're like, do you have anything big coming up? I'm like, no, not really. That person's gonna be like, well, no, but who cares? Like, listen, if you have a wedding coming up, that's not a. No one's excited for a wedding except the people getting married, and probably not even them. You know, maybe just the bride. But I, I just mean like, I don't know. Are you guys going on a trip? Uh, you got a vasectomy that you should be getting soon, right? That's gonna. That's a great. Uh, thing that... Yeah, that'll be my big. Uh, <laughs> that'll be my big gift to myself. We were talking about that last night. I was like, man, I am never gonna have money or time again to myself. So officially, I'm like, that's uh, that's gonna be my cue to go. Uh, yeah, just, of the sex to me. Just hanging up the old ball back. <laughs> <laughs> However they do it, as long as I don't have any more kids, I'm happy. You know what? To be honest, I'd love to have more kids, but I, I don't have the time or money for it. And I got two now. I'm happy, more than happy with that. So. Yeah, I think uh, playing it safe is going to be <laughs> the next step. Yep. Stop. So that could be my next super exciting next adventure. Sure, we'll go with that. Cool. Can I come in and videotape it? Just we'll we'll, we'll put uh, it on YouTube. As long as you're holding my hand. Oh, I'll come hold your hand. It'd be terrifying. It'd be yeah, terrifying. Okay. I just gonna stand there and smell. What do they do with lasers now? I'll just stand there and smell your balls burning. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever you uh, whatever you want to do. It'd be like the uh, world's worst incense. If it that would be yeah. <laughs> Jasmine, vanilla, lavender, testicles. <laughs> That's yeah, weird. yeah. At that marketing, I don't know. Yeah, the There's, end yeah, of fertility. That somewhere. <laughs> yeah, they have to come up with some a more marketable name than testicles. It'd be like anti fertility. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, we should get together. You know, get together sometime soon. You know, while there's still hair or color in your hair, I should say. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? absolutely. 
I'll come. Uh, yeah, it's it's funny because there's like I get to see Chris and and stuff sometimes when it's you know he's home during the day without the kids and the wife. Not to say that that's bad, but just when once the whole family's home, the dynamic changes. The energies are different. But you know, if you're ever if you're ever just home by yourself, sometime I'll come sit in the back porch and we'll watch the bird feeder together. That's special. Uh, you know that'll probably never happen. But if that day, you know, if that day happens where I, I got nothing to do and I'm home alone, absolutely, buddy. <laughs> we'll hold our breath waiting for that. Dude, I can't. I hope that you get time to yourself again. I really do. Well, I, it's usually Sundays. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Alex and the kids go over up to their grandpa's. Oh, thank God. Uh, they go have dinner there and all that stuff. So usually I'm, that's my, like, you know, two to three hours by myself. Two to three hours. That's all you get a week. Yeah. Hey, oh man, my God. Ask, ask some parents two to three hours by yourself is good. Yeah. But it's like, by the time like you're in like, a row. <laughs> like in you a just, row. some parents are like, <laughs> I got 10 minutes here and five minutes there. And you know, I get three, like in a row. It's not, <laughs> well, I'll come over. I, I can just imagine that your shoulders would be up around your neck all the time. Like, eh, just like, just constant war zone. Like you, you have three hours to yourself, but it's like the, the veterans in the middle of the night, just fucking freaking out all the time. It's not, it's not like danger's PTSD. not there. Yeah. You have like a PTSD parental, whatever it is, <laughs> traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. uh, yeah, well, I get my new, uh, my new vehicle sometime this week. So we've got tradition. I, right? I was thinking about that. Yeah. So as tradition, you got to bring it by. Yeah. So maybe on Sunday, uh, if I have it by then I'll, I'll come to your place and we'll, we'll watch the birds. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get, take a look at the car. Hey man, I fucking dig the Zen shit, man. I've, uh, start listening to the podcast again. All right. I want to bore you when you're at work. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll get I'll get on it. At least you'll hear how you sound to everybody else. <laughs> That's true. I mean, hey, I uh, like I told you, I deleted it because uh, it was taking up too much freaking space. So the podcast app that is everyone listening. He didn't delete my podcast specifically. The entire app, just to save huh? a little face. You were saying I deleted it, and I was saying the podcast app, not just my podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, all podcasts. Yeah, man. So, well, that's like, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have fun. We'll get together soon. It'll be good to see you. We'll make, we'll make, uh, food. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll have like a, I don't know. I don't have any cigars, but maybe I'll try to get some cigars as a, you know, congratulations on the second kid thing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sure. fucking know. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I'm I happy. For, I'm, we just get together and that's a good enough reason. Yeah, of course. Of course. You gotta have a reason for the wife though. So she's like, uh, don't you guys already know each other? Uh, (laughs) can't you just Google, can't you just Google his car on the internet and see what it looks like? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Alex is great. We both know she listens to the podcast though. Does she? I'm going to say, yes, she does. You're joking. She does. I mean, not like everyone religiously and all that stuff like that. Like she's, a little busy. Right, but, of course. Uh, but if you tell her that you're you on know. this one, she'll listen? Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Okay. Hi, Alex. Hi. Hope you're enjoying. You, <laughs> you're amazing. I, I. By the way, that's just the stereotypical wife. I'm not backpedaling, but that is the stereotypical wife thing of the whole, what are you doing? Why do you need friends? I'm just joking. Alex has never been like that. I know she's got a million things going on. 
I've I've never seen that. I I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because you you're not allowed out of the house anymore. You haven't seen anything. That's. I'm not what? <laughs> I said you're not allowed out of the house anymore. You haven't seen anything. I'm joking, of course. I'm obviously allowed out of the house, but uh, I'm usually too tired to leave the house. That's what I'm saying. It's over, buddy. It's over. That was it. No more adventure. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm only playing off the ad. I, I'm actually really happy for you guys. Like I said, I've talked I think about it. it would be hilarious. I think it would be hilarious if we went on another adventure night with Mika and we had out and you know, kind of walking trouble we can get, get into. Uh, this, at this okay. age, I think we'd be like over, over risk assessing everything. Like even myself, I'm a fucking whack job. I don't want to do anything scary at all anymore. I'm like, no, that doesn't sound. <laughs> that's what I mean. I want to record that for your podcast. Be like, you know, this is this is the adventure, and I'm like, um, I don't know. Those rocks look kind of, you know, rocky. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to climb that wall, dude? I don't even want to stand on this sidewalk. <laughs> I want to sit down in the car and go where we're going. Like, I don't even bring a, like a big winter jacket anymore. Like I have one of those little life preserver type puffy vests that keep the cold yeah. off me because wherever I'm going, I park, I walk into, I walk back into the car and I go home. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't go where I'm walking around out in the cold very much anymore. Like I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm a curmudgeon if I have to park like five blocks away from where I'm Ooh, going. And you're already thermal protected. So yeah, exactly. A fat joke. Wow. Happy uh, 2019. Uh, <laughs> all right, pal. Well, I've done the usual 15. Oh, wow. We're almost 20 minutes in this conversation. Um, I love you and I miss you and I hope that you're good. Thank you. You're welcome. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll reach out soon and we'll, we'll hang out. Yeah, for sure, man. Okay. Charlie soon, buddy. All right. Bye. Ah, the good times, eh? The good times on a podcast talking with my friends. Coming up this week, guys, more Red Dead 2. No, I'll try not to talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, I will definitely be doing uh, more of that this week. I got an interview coming up tomorrow that I'm doing in the morning. It's just a phone interview. And um, and I can't remember. I think it's for Apartment 613 in Ottawa. I'll share more details with that, guys. Always check out the social medias because that's where you're going to see that kind of shit. Um, but I'm doing that interview. I'll be doing some Uber in this week. I've got uh, two shows this weekend, one on Friday night and one on Saturday night. Saturday night, I'm doing a place called Gray Bar. They're here in Ottawa. They're a fucking awesome place. I got to, uh, I did basically just bartended for them last year. And when I took a gig bartending for them, they were like, oh, we heard you're a comedian. You want to do a show too? Ended up doing a show, hung out with them. I had such a great time. Uh, you guys would have heard them on last year's podcast. Um, but they were great. They were absolutely amazing. And we're doing another sh another bartending and show for them this year. They're also doing like a murder mystery same night. They are such a fun crowd. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited to be doing this show again. I love those people. Um, somewhere this week, I'll be picking up my car. Can't wait for that. I'll post pictures. I'm super excited. It's new. It's the most expensive thing I've ever bought. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm terrified at the same time, but uh, I'm excited for that. Um, I am being a good son. Um, I've, uh, you know, I don't know when I'm getting this week, so I didn't, I didn't schedule it for this week just in case, but, um, I'm giving, of course, my mom, my Honda fit, and I'm taking it in on Monday to get a super detailed job. I got a buddy who, uh, who's amazing at detailing. He's going to do the whole thing top to bottom. And then I'm picking my mom up some Monday night, um, with that. So she's going to get a brand new, when she gets her car, you know, and it's, and it's officially handed over to her. It's going to be super clean and all, all done up on the inside and everything like that. So it's going to feel like a, a nice brand new car for her too. Um, just a nice little thing. And then, uh, 
And then uh, next week, early next week, I'm still waiting to get the email back. I got it earlier today. Um, something for Sony. I might be doing another big Sony promotion. So I uh, haven't heard uh, confirmed yet, but I'll tell you more about that as it happens or if it happens. Aside from that, guys, the email address is contact at onemanpodcast.com. Be sure to send me emails. Tell me whatever you got going on. Tell me what your, you know, your shitty subscriptions you want to get rid of are or that you just recently got rid of. Tell me about what... Uh, what cause you would want to die on a hill for, you know, if you have a, if you feel the same way I did about the shitty pricing on the, the, the menu policy, I probably talked to you guys longer about it than it, than I actually let it affect me at the time. But it was just, it really, it, in all that, in that moment, it really rubbed me the wrong fucking way. I just dishonesty at the consumer level is I fucking hate that. Anyways, it's over. It's over. I got an email this week from my buddy Mika. All right. Mika writes in, Hey man, still listening. Uh, this is the only reason that I did not call Mika instead of Jimmy is I hung out with Mika and Mika sent an email in. So a little, little Jimmy, little Mika action, my two best friends in the entire world, still listening, still enjoying your insights and comments on happening. Well, thank you very much. I do appreciate that. I know we get together and talk outside of the podcast medium and I know what is going, or sorry, and we know what is going on with each other, but I thought I would take a moment and thank you for getting me through some of the slow days in the office these days. Hey, you're welcome, buddy. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me. I appreciate you guys just as much as you appreciate me. And in some cases, even more people are like, this fucking thing sucks. Well, you know what? I still appreciate you more than you appreciate the show. Keep it up your podcast and your chin. Thanks buddy. And I look forward to our next hang as do I, I think I got this from you before we even hung out on, uh, on Friday. So it was cool. We got to see each other. Are you checking out battlefield five at all? No, I, I am not. However, I did come home the other day and Jason, like it sounded like Jason was watching a movie in his room. He's got a crazy sound system in there. Um, and, uh, and it turned out he was playing Battlefield Five. I went in and checked it out, and I only watched it for a couple minutes. But um, it is a game. Uh, well, I'll finish what you're saying. It, it is kind of struggling at the moment, so you can pick it up super cheap. There are some quirks in the game, uh, but it has strong following. I, I think you mean quirks. It could have just been a typo. Uh, there are some quirks in the game, but it has a strong following, and I expect their DIV crew will clean things up. I don't know what DIV is, so I don't know if you mean development crew, like DEV, DEV crew or like DLC or something. I don't know. Um, or it might be an acronym that I'm just not familiar with. Um, but yeah, I've seen uh, battlefield five around for like 36 bucks, you know, 29 99 available at some places for a game that usually comes out at 80. Uh, I've seen the price going back up on a lot of things around Christmas time go down. I saw a lot of stuff at Costco for like 38 bucks down from, you know, 80. Uh, it was really cool. Fallout 76. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that I reviewed recently, it, uh, was out for 30, I think 38.99 at Costco at one point they were clearing it out. But, um, yeah, so, so Jason says it's really good, but apparently it's short and I, and I, I agree with you. I don't know why, but a lot of people were just like, eh, on the game. And I think it was just like, you know, there's so many war games that come out. There's so many, they just keep coming out. So it's hard to absolutely fall in love with them. But, um, no, I have been, uh, up to my, up to my eyeballs consumed in red dead too and loving it. So if you're not playing that, check that out too. If you have a, you know, a console to play on, I think makes your PC, right? So that's probably why you're on that. Anyways, thanks for the email, buddy. I look forward to our next hang as well. And I appreciate the fact that you're out there listening. Thanks for sending the email. It means a lot. Contact at onemanpodcast.com for any of you who want to send an email to me. I am reading them and I'm appreciating them. My sponsors, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersby, DK. Oh, I did forget a sponsor this week. Summersby. Huh? Those guys, I skipped right over them. Did not mean to, did not mean to skip over Summersby guys. Uh, you know what? It's late in the podcast. I'll make it quick. Summersby regular semi-dry 
boom, flagship flavors. We also got Cronenberg in there because my Carlsberg, they take care of that. Cronenberg, Cronenberg Blanc, Cronenberg Fruit Rouge, hit that shit up. There's all sorts of great flavors. You know I drink them. You know I love them. A few times this week sitting here playing my Red Dead, I was sipping on uh, on my Summersby, my Cronenbergs, just loving life. I was even drinking Cronenbergs when I went to Mika's house. That's how much I love me a Cronenberg. All righty. So uh, thank you, thank you. That was delicious. And um, yeah, so all my partners, portablepress.com, absolutecomedy.ca, summersbdk.com slash ga. Thank you all. Guys, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, One Man Podcast. Please uh, follow, like, subscribe, all that bullshit. Um, just so you can stay up to date, especially with this DK contest coming up, right? It's going to be a big, important thing. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google play music. And just do me a favor, give me five star review and write a little review. Um, it just helps the podcast out. I know it's annoying and you probably forget by the time you get home, if you're listening in the car, but it makes a really big difference for our rankings and things like that. It helps with, you know, partnerships and, and being able to renegotiate a little bit of cash items and things like that. Uh, you know, it makes the world go around for me. I really appreciate that. I appreciate you guys listening. Listen, Listen, it's January. It's a new month. I hope to have some exciting just stories for you guys coming up. I'll be doing some new things, trying to keep the uh, boring stories to an absolute minimum. All right. But I appreciate you guys. I hope you have a great uh, January. I know the weather's up and down cold here in Canada, but wherever you're listening, I hope, uh, you know, winter is treating you good. And 2019 is off to an amazing start for you. You guys are wicked. And I will chat with you next week.
Hey!